is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Critics Corner Podcast. I'm William Locke, and joining me as he does for every MLB episode is Luis Barranco. Luis, how's it going? How was your workout class yesterday? We knew we were going to have to talk about it today. So, so it was actually pretty funny because so um, I actually showed up. Yeah, I, I showed up. I mean, I've been going to it, and it's been pretty fun. I mean... We got to the end of the workout, and usually at the end of the class, we do like some type of like team building competition or some type of sprints with a punishment. And so I'm in the back. I, I never like being the first one in line because, you know, they always make you do, okay, you got to do this, this, and this, and mm-hmm. you don't screw up the drill, you know, because mm-hmm. if you're the first one, you're kind of like the example for everyone to look at. So I'm like just chilling. And the trainer is like, all right, everybody get paired up with somebody of like comparable size and comparable athletic ability. And I'm just like looking around, trying to see who I can like match myself up. And then the trainer's like, you, you in the back. And I'm like, I was like, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, you're you're pretty fast. Come to the front. (laughs) And the other guy gets this like 55-year-old guy. And he's like, all right, you, you're, you're going to be ahead. You, you guys are going to be the first ones to start out the whole drill. I was like, fuck. Like, <laughs> I've never been the fastest person in my life. I've always been like the guy running a 5'1", 540. And so he was like, all right, the first one, you're just going to like, it's going to be a test run. And so, you know, I take it easy. I'm not trying to blow a hammy out there. I'm not trying to be freaking incredible. Is this on like a, like a field, like sprints or like on treadmill? It's on concrete outside. Okay. I'm not trying to blow like Giancarlo Stan type, type of deal, you know? Right. Yeah. Blow, blow a hamstring. So the first one's all right. And then we come back for the second one. And then he's like, all right, ready, set. He's like, I'm going to be ready, go. The other guy was literally shitting his pants because literally, I'm like, literally like set on the line, ready for go. And when he said ready, he jumped and started sprinting to the other side. I'm like, dog. <laughs> Like really? How long were the sprints? Like how far were you running here? There were there was it was a substantial amount, like 20 yards, 30 yards. I'd say 30, 40 yards, something like that. It was okay. pretty, 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 pretty long. And so he says go. And so he gets off. I'm more of like I'm not like a short line speed type of guy. I'm built for you know for a little bit longer. Yeah, you actually yeah. I mean, I will I actually concur. You're pretty good at distance, but not sprints. Not, not not like I'm not good at like short intervals. So we start out. He starts out in front, but then once I start opening up my stride, I catch up to him, and I catch up to him at the end. The motherfucker literally opens up his arms, and like he's trying to use say boldly, and I'm like I'm about to pass him, and he like opens up his arms. He's trying I'm, to box you out. He's he's trying to box me out. I'm like in my mind, I'm like bro, like. We finished even, but he tried to box me out. Like, I'm like, dude, like, it's just for fun. It's not like, oh, you have to do 10 push-ups. Oh, well, like, we just did 100, like, for the workout. Like, oh, you don't want to do 10 more? All right. So he, he tries boxing me out round one. And we went two rounds. Now, round two, we get back to the line. And this time, I get a better, I get a better jump off the line. And he, he gets out ahead, but I catch him a little bit earlier. And instead of boxing me out, you know what he does? He cuts you off. He cuts it. He tries cutting in front of me. And I'm just like slowing down. I'm like, bruh, like. Could have gotten you I, hurt. 
if I kept going at the speed I was going, like I was going to knock his ass over and we were both going to go down and, and end up with bloody noses. And then at the end of the drill, he's like, oh, my bad, man. I cut you off. I'm like, so it sounds like he can't run straight. No, but it, it sounds he doesn't like losing. Yeah. I'm like, I was telling my mother, I was like, dog, like, can I be on? Like, <laughs> you call your mother dog? No, I, no, I'm just saying, like, I'm like, I'm just saying, like, buddy should just be a, a proud of himself at the age of 55. He can keep up with a 26 year old. Like, he was in good shape. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, he was pretty fast, but like, like, dude, really? Come on, man. Like, you tried boxing me out. That's like, that's hazardous. That's very hazardous. What if, like, well, yeah, it's too close to me and I literally trip and blow my ankle. Yeah, and especially because you guys were on concrete, you know, that's a little ridiculous. And then you try boxing me out like Usain Bolt, like, bro, like, there's not that big of a deal. Like, it's not, it's not that deep. I mean, exactly. what about the class? What was, uh, was it tough again or? I mean, it was harder than last week. I mean, we did burpees and I hate burpees. I hate burpees. Oh. It started to rain a little bit. I mean, it was all right. You know, I'm still a little bit sore. We were doing these like punches drill. We got into squat position and we had five pound dumbbells and we were just punching. And I was like, oh my God, I thought I was about to tear my rotator cuff. Yeah, that sounds like a great way to tear your rotator. I don't I don't recommend you doing it, but literally we did that. I was like, bro. Other than that, we did a bunch of like running, a bunch of, you know, kettlebell stuff. It was all right. I mean, I enjoy it. I'll be back. We'll return. Five star, five out of five on Yelp. Did you lift before? No, I did not. I haven't lifted before. Yeah. I mean, so I was pretty good. I was, I was chilling, you know, that was your, that was your key mistake last time for sure. No, I don't think that was my key mistake. I think even pre-lift, I would have been dead because that class was the first time I did it. It was like, I literally thought I was going to pass out. I've never in my life thought I was going to pass out during a workout, but that time I literally talked about it in the office and one of the guys that used to work in as a doctor in Cuba was like, yeah, dude, you literally passed out. Like you lost, con- not passed out, but you lost consciousness <laughs> standing up. Mm, that explains the urination. The urination, yeah. But, you know, it was it was good. You know, the vibes are good. I mean, tarp came off after the hour and a half. You know, it was it was good vibes. Guy. It, was, it wasn't as hot, you know. Any influencers? Not influencers, but, you know, it was nice. A lot of moms, you know, there. So, you know. It is what it is. How was how was your class? Let's, let's... Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, it was yesterday. Uh, it was not as it was inside. First of all, it was uh, chest and tri focused. Um, pretty tough. Um, a lot of burpees in one of the stations. I hate burpees, like you said. Um, and then we had to do like half burpees into kickbacks. So like we had the dumbbells in our hand. We jump down, do a burpee, come up, and then do a dumbbell kickback for like the tricep workout, and then go back down. And come back up and then do another kickback. But then you have to do two up. And then each time you add a kickback all the way up to eight. And that that burned out my triceps. That was oh a great. God. That is ridiculous. We had to do incline treadmill sprints into medicine ball slams. That was probably my favorite. Uh, felt the burn. I did it with Kayla. She Apparently, she said, or the trainer said that she was working harder um, yesterday than she had in the past. So maybe she's trying to keep up with me or something. That's what oh. she I did, I, I did a good job i mean for the first time i felt pretty good about it it's there was oh my gosh there was one thing though it smelled so bad in some sections of the workout and we're not sure if it was the tire that we were flipping or this one lady 
um, wearing pink that we were questioning. Um, but very bad smell. And, uh, it was definitely a little difficult to work out in that we had to do, um, like tire flips. We'd flip the tire, then do a push or jump on it and then do a push up on it and then flip it again. That was tough. Assault bike was tough. So yeah, it was good. And then, you know, stretched out, did my PT exercises for my hip afterwards, uh, shot some free throws in the basketball, uh, so, and then we went to the golf range after too, actually, it was a full day of sports. Um, but uh, you know, it was fun. It, I, I didn't pee myself. So I, I consider that a success. You were, you were inside. So you would have like yeah. 95 degree humidity heat. Like you're in freaking Chicago. Like, man, like I'll be honest. My favorite thing about yesterday about my class is we had this drill where you started out by doing 10 burpees. Mm-hmm. But that includes push-ups. I don't know. Push-up burpees. Yeah, yeah. And then you, run around, then you run around the whole building, the whole gym, warehouse, or the whole gym, and you run around the, the pharmacy and everything. You run around the whole complex, one lap. You okay. come back, and then you uh, you start at the ladders, and then you do some type of ladder formation drill. Okay. Then to hurdles. So you do the jumps and then you do the zigzag drill, which the thing with zigzag drill is like, it's fun, but if people are slow, like you're kind of held up. And then after that, you do med ball throws. Like, okay. Like the squat and then you throw it up top. Throw it up top. Yeah. And then you would come back to the, uh, to the, uh, to another ladder on the other side. And then after you do that ladder, you you run through the hurdles and then you start over again mm. and do um you do another ladder variation. You just keep going and going and going and going and going. I thought that was pretty fun. Sounds like a tough workout. Yeah, I mean, you know, group fitness may be in the cards. Group, group fitness may be in, but you know what is in right now? It is July 16th <laughs> and it is Two weeks away from the trade deadline. Yes, sir. It is. This podcast has been the most most, uh, anticipated podcast for us in a minute. Because you have to understand, guys, June is literally the dog days of baseball. June and August, yeah, but August you see the races start to heat up. But June, we were literally picking at straws. We got tired of doing case study about teams, and we tired. We had we we were just lost. We were like, oh, we can't talk about trades till now. Now, after a weekend of baseball, after a lot of blown saves that happened this weekend, we get to see who's in it and who's out of it. As of now, the Yankees are currently tied five to five versus the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Going to the eleventh as we speak, and they're fighting for their deadline lives. Yes, so there's. It's an interesting deadline this season. I think last year's uh, Phillies run to the to the World Series has probably given a lot of teams a lot of false hope in in the the chase for the playoffs. With that added wild card spot, there's so many teams that are you know near that the third spot or think that they can push for the third spot. On top of that, you have two central divisions that are are really poor this season. Uh, a lot of average baseball being played in those can divisions. We talk about that. Can we? Can, can we just talk about weekend in review? Because like this weekend, yeah, can I just I, can I set the set the table for the trade deadline first? Yeah, because I, there's a. I think this weekend gave me a lot of uh, 
a lot of you know clarity. Yes. So my point is, there's so many teams in the race still, or that think they can be in the race that they're as as we stand right now, with two weeks to go to the August first trade deadline, it feels like there are a lot more buyers than there are sellers. So I broke it out on our document right here, and I'll list them out right now. Right now, we have eight solidified bona fide sellers. We know these teams are going to be selling. The A's, obviously. The Royals. The White Sox. Although I might put them into the swing teams, undecided after what they did this weekend in Atlanta. The Tigers, the Rockies, the Nationals, the Cardinals, and the Pirates. Those are all sellers. The swing teams, the teams that can go either way, are the Guardians, Twins, Red Sox, Yankees, Cubs, Angels. Angels are obviously a very key one with Otani. The Mariners, Mets, and Padres. And after what I saw from the Mets this weekend, I might put them in the sellers category as well. So and then everyone else, any other team not mentioned is, is going to be a buyer. Like, you know, you know all the good teams. Um, and then like the Reds, Marlins, D-backs, maybe Giants, Phillies, Brewers will all be will all be buying. Um, at the deadline. So really there, there are more sellers or sorry, there are more buyers than sellers at this point. But again, we do have to talk about what happened this weekend. And I don't know, Luis, you, you looked like you had to say something. So I'm, I'm going to give you the floor. I'm, I'm going to just say this. I think this is the first time this season that we've seen the Braves struggle. Losing a series to the White Sox, you should be beating the White Sox or a garbage team. But I mean, it, it, I think it's good that they get it over with now. So they don't get that playoff disappointment. We don't get another Morgan Wallen song and this time called the 23 Braves in the sense. So, I mean. I don't get that reference at all. I'm not a country music guy, but uh, maybe there's some that are. So so, so Morgan Wallen made a song uh, referencing how the 98 Braves should have won the World Series, but they didn't. They lost to the Padres. They They were the team in 98, if you remember. They had all their studs. They had Chipper. And Andrew, they were they were insane, and they lost to the Padres. And then the Yankees went on to sweep the Padres in four. Obviously, mm-hmm. they swept in the World Series. So okay, yeah, I, I agree. I mean that that White Sox sweep was surprising. And and you know, that's the problem about that series is that series really is going to screw the deadline because I kind of feel now that the White Sox might be inclined just to keep everything and just give it a run, get hot, and give it a run. And that's one of my bold things I said in the chat, and I kind of leaked about it, was that, you know, what would screw the deadline up completely, and I can totally see it because these two divisions are so bipolar, is that both centrals just go into the deadline and just be like, screw it, we're not going to sell. We're just going to buy, we're not buying, or just chill sand pat. It could totally happen because if you look at if you look at the standings, the Twins, uh, the Guardians are only two back. The Tigers are five and a half back, and and the White Sox are only eight back. So you're telling me the White Sox are only a week back of good baseball, and they still have to play Minnesota a couple times. I think, and, and that's a, that's and that's the same thing. And that's the same thing with the National League. The National League, yeah, the Brewers just swept the Reds and they won the series last week. But the but the Cubs could just be like, hey, we're only eight games back. And you still have to play both teams a little bit more. You have good starting pitching that's been pitching well. You know, they play the Reds starting out August. And, you know, it's the Brewers. They still have to play the Brewers at the end of August. And it's not like the Brewers have an easy schedule, too. And the Brewers don't inspire any confidence. Watching this series, like, versus the Reds, like, 
Reds pitching is garbage. We know that, but you should be putting up runs. And you're telling me they can only put three runs max. Like that's not very inspiring. Like I would take Marcus Stroman over freaking Luke Weaver starts or Ben Lively starts. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's a no brainer. I, I, I think, I think the Cubs are ultimately going to be sellers in this, in this year's deadline. I think, you know, they're eight back right now. And I, I think, Stroman's an impending free agent, so I think you kind of have to move on from him and get some type of value in return for him. I know he really wants to come back, which you know I, I find interesting in this whole process. You know, maybe he loves the city of Chicago, loves the organization, but I think you kind of have to do what's right for the team because it's not like the Cubs have a loaded farm system. You know, sure they have Pete Crow Armstrong coming up soon, eventually at some point, who knows when. But you know, I think you could if you trade Stroman, you can solidify you know the top five you can you can get a a top 10 prospect in return not in all of baseball but you know from some team's farm system Um, some contender is going to be willing to pay first roman you know he's having a career year and you still have justin Steele as kind of the the anchor of that rotation uh moving forward now they messed up with the tyone contract ultimately i think and and and, I also, like, I think totally and then you have Bellinger as well. The Pirates oh. and the Cardinals are going to sell. So I really think it might be down to the Brewers and Reds in the National League. But in the American League, we know how poorly run the, the White Sox are. You know, Reinsdorf, they've, they've, they've been a, a bit of a disaster for really since they won the World Series. I, I think the White Sox are going to, they're just, they don't know what they're doing and they're going to end up saying, eh, you know what, we'll stand pat. We just, we just won two of three in Atlanta, the best team in the league. Who says we can't? go out and, and make a run at this division here in the end of July and then the last two months of the season. So, yeah, I, I think the Central can go a lot of different ways in the American League. I think it's really down to two teams at this point in in, in the National League. I just don't think the Cubs ex- inspire that much confidence. Say the White Sox, here's, here's the thing about the White Sox. The White Sox have a series with the Mets in New York, which that's the bipolar series of the week. I, I don't bet on that because – like the White Sox can go sweep or win two out of three. Like they could go out and get swept. They play the Mets, the Twins next weekend, the Cubs the week after that, and then the Guardians. So the next two weeks are going to be very big for them. Say you win two series out of that, I can totally see them just being like, cool, we're just going to stand pat. Say they win a Mets and a Twins series and just screw the Cubs up. And, you know, the Guardians series is going to be playing, but I mean, I could just totally see them being like, all right, we're just going to stand pat and make a run at it. The White Sox. Yeah, the White Sox. They had they play the Mets, the Twins, the Cubs, the Guardians before the 31st. Yeah, they're 15 games under 500. But like I said, they're so poorly run. You know, It would make so much sense to move all these guys. You're only like, you're you're only eight back. And, and it, but it's like, okay, cool. Even if you end up winning, making this miraculous run and winning the division and you make the wild card series, you can still be out in two games. It's not like any of these teams in the central division are going to do anything in the playoffs anyways. But but what if they're happy with that, if that's what they want? Well, I mean, that, the White Sox are the definition of that franchise where they're just happy. To, you know, happy to be here, happy to yeah. be. What if that's, that's what they want? I understand, but you have to look at what 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 are we looking at? And like for the long jump, then that's what we're going to do our next segment. Like there's just like, you have to look at what you are as a franchise. What do you want as a franchise? For a team like the Reds, it would be very, very valuable to make the playoffs. For a team like the Orioles, you want to make the playoffs because, yeah, you may not be ready and you could be swept out in the first series of the wild card, 
but you want those young players to get those reps and those uh, experience in the postseason. Now, the Orioles flips, might win the damn division. The Orioles might win. I'm the not. Division. I'm not sold. But like that's what I'm saying. But what I'm meaning is, if you're a young team, even like the Diamondbacks, who are in the thick of it right now, you do want to make the playoffs because you want that experience. And it's cool if we're happy to be here type of moment. Yeah, it's cool, but you want those reps. It's not like the Cardinals where we're like, okay, if we make a run, it's like, okay, cool, happy. to You're doing yourself more harm by making it because, okay, you're giving yourself that false hope where you're pushing back. You're kicking the can down the road when you just need to just rip the Band-Aid and start again and, you know, rebuild the system and start start the next generation coming up. Which is what the White Sox need to do, because if you can, tra- if you trade Robert or Robert Robert, I think he, I think it's Robert actually. Mm-hmm. He's a top what outfield? He's he's one of the he's an all star. He should have been an all star starter. He's one of the best outfielders. He in was an all star. Yeah, he should have been. Yeah, no, he you wasn't. you can get a really good haul. You can get a couple top ten prospects in return for Robert Robert. So I I think you it would be smart. It would be very smart for the White Sox to rebuild that farm system because we all know it's weak. And it instead is. instead of trying to make a run for the wild card series when they're not going to do anything anyways. Now I think they can make the argument that they think, okay, we have three solid enough arms and we have the names in the lineup that have the some type of history of being good that they can talk themselves into maybe having a chance in the wild card chase, but this team's 15 games under 500. Like they're not going to just, I'm trying I'm, to put I'm, my head. Basically I'm just saying if they have a good, if they have good two weeks of baseball, if they, let's say they beat Minnesota, they, 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 they do what they they're supposed to against the Mets and they just come in and beat Minnesota next weekend. They'll be in the thick of it. They'll be right there for division. Well, yeah, these GMs in the central, especially the American league are, are having the, the tough decision of, do we make a run for this? and potentially lose in the first round of the playoffs or do we just sell now and, and cash in on some guys um, that have value. And, and, that, I, and, that, and yeah, no, go ahead. I just, I think these, it's really going to come down to August 1st. You know, these next two weeks of baseball are going to be telling. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And I mean, that, that will be our next segment after we talk about the elephant in the room, which I personally, we, we had a discussion about this on a Thursday night. And uh, uh, Mr. Otani is being made available. They are listening to offers. The Angels are listening to offers. Now, here's my take about Otani. Yes, he is the best player right now in the game. I don't expect him to get moved because the thing is, as a GM, these people are very prideful. Do you want to be the GM known to get trade Shohei Otani? Do you want to be that guy that you didn't get enough back for him? Or do you want to be the GM that let him walk? And that's and that's what the whole thing comes down to is that what are the Angels' aspirations? What do you, what are you expecting? Do you want to make the playoffs? The show show, hey, hey, we can make it with you? Or do you just want to start again? And it all depends on what is the vision that the team has. Now, my biggest argument in all of this is I don't think there's an offer that exists for Shohei. I don't think there's a, a, a package like the right Shohei package. I don't think it's going to exist. Yes. He, he's the great, but I don't, I don't know if like 
there's I don't know what a package would look like. I don't think it it exists to get something back in return that's actually not I don't want to say comparable, but a fair value. I don't think that exists. That because either way, you know, you're probably looking at if I'm going into as as the Angels, I'm gonna want at least three to four, maybe even five top ten system guys, and then I'm gonna ask for two MLBers. At least two MLBers. Is a team going to give that for a guy whose contract is up in six months and you do not know if he will resign? And then my final point is, do you have the money to give this man to get him to stay? uh, Yeah. you Okay. I see your argument and I disagree. I think – the Orioles, or sorry, the Orioles. I think the Angels are going to ultimately move Otani at the deadline. Now, I will caveat that with, I think the Angels are in a very, 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 very difficult situation right now because they're only five games back in the wild card. They're, you know, the Astros, who currently hold that third slot in the wild card in the American League, are banged up. They're thin, especially in the bullpen. Uh, their starting rotation is is down a few guys. They look like they can fall out of the playoffs altogether this season. Then you have the Yankees, who don't inspire confidence, the Red Sox, who don't inspire confidence, and the Mariners, again, who don't inspire confidence, ahead of them. Right now, as things stand, they're only five games out. Right now, you would keep them. You can't trade Otani when you're five games out of a wild card spot and you know with two months of baseball left. You, you just couldn't. Now, again, these next two weeks for the Angels are going to be incredibly telling. I think they have a relatively respectable schedule that can keep them in the race. They play three at home against the Yankees early the next week. Could win two or three in that series. The Yankees aren't that good of a team, especially without Aaron Judge. They can't hit. Then they play Pittsburgh. That's a winnable series. They go to Detroit. That's a winnable series. And then they go to Toronto right before the deadline, and that's a tough one. And then they go to Atlanta like during the trade deadline that week. So it, it really might come down to, on August or July 31st, on August 1st, where in the standings are the Angels? If they fall out, if they're eight games back, then I think they should move them. If they're three games back in the American League wildcard, then they probably should hold on to them. You made the, you raised the question of, or, or the point of, do you want to be known as the GM that didn't get enough of, of a return for Otani? I wouldn't want to be known as the GM that let Otani walk for absolutely nothing. And I think you have to look at it as, what is going to benefit my franchise the the most long-term? Does it matter if I keep Otani for two and a half more months, we end up with another, another losing season and we don't make the playoffs? Like what good does that do me? And sure, you can make the argument of all the revenue that he generates through tickets, merchandise, et cetera. But I would counter that with, okay, they've had him for what, five years now and they – haven't done anything with that revenue that has been generated from Otani. So I don't think. But that's just been bad GMing. I mean, that's you have to also keep in mind that Rendon hasn't panned out. Their signings haven't really panned out, so to say. So why not? And and, and another thing is Trout is hurt. Trout's out for when he got hurt. He won't be back to like what, mid-August, even early September? Six to eight. But remember, like we said the last time, it's the same injury Benintendi had and. Wolf, we knew what happened after that handmade injury to Benintendi in New York. And he lost all of his exit velo. He's, you know, he's nothing really anymore, unfortunately, for the White Sox. So it's like, 
you're not going to win with without Trout anyway. And Rendon's on the IL right now. They're banged up beyond oblivion in in LA. Sure, you can make a cheeky run, but if you even make it to the playoffs at that point, you're probably not going to do anything. Now, I know that's the ultimate goal for the Angels. Even if they make the playoffs and lose two straight, they would consider that a success. I don't think there's any chance Otani resigns with the Angels. So I think you have to move him. And even if you don't get like a, a Kevin Durant type haul, you still get something to to move forward your franchise with. If you just let him walk for nothing, you had this generational player, the best player we've seen in our entire lives, and you let him walk for absolutely nothing. When you could have at least gotten something to point to and say, we got this player to build around for the future. But even that, my whole point is, is like, first off, will the GM even be there next year? I mean, that's a very good question because I think I forgot his name, but you know, he has, he's, will he be there? One and B, do we even know that he's going to stay? Like, we know he wants to win, but like, if you're able to make a run and get into the playoffs, that kind of shows like, hey, we have the right pieces around here. We just need to keep on adding and building. It's not like anywhere he's going to go right now just makes him a slam dunk World Series champion. Well, like, the, the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers would become immediate World Series favorites right but, away. But, dude, I don't think they become favorites. What? Betts, Otani? I would still take the Braves. I, I think, like, I think yeah, this, this season, I'm just saying, this season the Braves are more complete and the Braves are going to be there for a while. It's yeah. just that's that's what I'm saying. Man, it's just like so. That's what about the Yankees? I can't remember who it was, but some talking heads said that if you went to the Yankees, that they would become World Series favorites. I think it was John Smoltz. I think John Smoltz said that that the Yankees would become World Series favorites. So you you even know that? Like, yeah, I enjoy some of the guys. Like Volpe was getting on strong at the end before the break and IKF, but you still have holes. Yeah, no, it, you know, like, you know, you already know what I think about that take. No, but that's but the, that's the whole point I'm saying. It's just like, okay, you trade him. Like, where is he going to go that he's like guaranteed? The only place that he would be guaranteed to be playing in October would be Atlanta. And Atlanta, is Atlanta going to trade for him? No, I think he would. If he went, if he got traded to the Dodgers, which I don't think he will, he would guarantee to be playing October baseball. The Diamondbacks are falling off the face of the earth I'm, right now. I'm saying October as in World Series, by the way. That's that's what I'm going to say. I should have clarified. That's what I'm saying. Because if you want to win, you want to be deep. And I still am liking a lot how the Phillies are playing. As much as Doring was like, I don't know, man. I just hope they're good on the Jays for Days uh, live stream. Like, they've been playing some really good ball. And don't sleep on them because they're getting healthy. And there are a couple moves that you can do that. Now, my other thing is, too, is, oh, yeah, the Angels, you know, you can make trades and be in it, you know, that's just how it is. It's just the nature of the beast. It's just like you also have to think about it. There's not many places he can go that have the return that they want. And and that's why I think they're obviously, you know, we're two weeks away from the deadline. They're going to set the price high. But ultimately, if things go south these next couple of weeks on the field, they're going to be willing to lower that price. And you can get them for better than they right now. They said they want two or three top 100 prospects in all of baseball. You what, can, what system? What system has that? No, there's like only, nobody. There's only, there's only one the place. There's only one place right now that fits all the criteria, but it would never happen. Two, two actually. Arizona. No, Arizona. No. Because I'm also factoring in that he would be playing World Series baseball. Okay, who? 
LA, but the problem with LA is that LA has to run through Philadelphia and Atlanta. And and the and other they, caveat with it with the Dodgers is they can they're probably just going to sign them in free agent agency anyway. So why give up a lot for them? And three is that you know that'd be that'd be like the Yankees and Mets trading and the White Sox and Cubs trading. It's very rare that it happens, and it only happens when it's beneficial to both teams, mm-hmm. as in the Jose Quintana trade, where you know it went from the White Sox to the Cubs. Okay, that's a. The second team wouldn't happen because it's a division rival, and I think they could do it because they have everything there, and that would be Texas. Texas has the prospects. The only issue is that it's interdivision, and I know they would pay them, but it's interdivision, same division. If 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 you were Texas, you'd have to give up um... Eli White, Eli Carter, the outfielder. You'd probably give him. You'd give Walker Jenkins. Into oblivion, you probably would throw in Ezekiel Duran. Uh, probably Josh Jung gets thrown in there, and some other prospect. Maybe just boot lighter and Kumar Rocker into oblivion. I think you'd have to you'd have to move. Oh my god, why am I blanking on the guy they picked this year? Walker Jenkins. I said that. No, they didn't get him. That was he went to. Oh, oh Wyatt Langford. My bad. Yeah, yeah Wyatt Langford. God, Ooh. I don't know what I was blanking on. They would have had to give him up for sure. You'd give Wyatt the pro- 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 package would be Wyatt, Josh Jung, uh, probably throw in what's his name, uh, Acuna's uh, family member. Uh, his name's Luis Angel uh, Acuna. Uh, the outfielder, I think it's Eli Evan Carter, the outfielder who's a top yeah. fifteen guy. Him and throw Kumar and Lighter into oblivion, and that, and probably one more MLB. That's probably it. Yeah. Oh, Yankees lose. Eight, seven, and eleven. Well, well, you know, gonna be some tough times out there. West Coast trip. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The whole Otani thing. I just, I just don't think it happens. Of course, of course, it is very difficult to to trade Otani, and a lot's gonna have to come together. But I think the Angels are gonna become increasingly desperate <clears> as we as we progress toward the deadline, especially if the team. The Angels are so poorly run that they don't care. The Angels are so poorly run. Honestly, like, love the California Angels theme, but just, why don't you just move them to Vegas? I mean, you're right. They could have, but it's too late now. Keep keep, keep keep those A's in Oakland. They give they give more, sorry for the language, more shits about them in Oakland. Yeah, no, I mean, outside of Anaheim, the Angels don't have much of a. One of the most deadest teams in all of baseball, and, and, and honestly, I understand if you came back to me a year ago, just if if they weren't this deep, it's like there's no perfect scenario for them right now. There's no perfect scenario with the whole time. The best thing would have been just before the season in the winter, just traded them and started the rebuild, and boom, started over. And we liked what they did this offseason. We thought they brought in some respectable MLBers respectable but at the same time like they don't pan out and it's just like it just shows you can't build a team through you can't build a team through free agency and through trades you have to have a stable foundation there's a reason why teams stay relevant for as long as they do look at the dodgers the dodgers have built their team through a stable foundation and they've added through free agency the yankees they've been okay but the foundation is weak the foundation is weak, and just adding players in free agency hasn't helped them. 
the Braves did it through a combination of their farm system developing and, and trades, really. That's what I'm saying. It's just, but it all starts with the foundation. It starts with a good foundation. It's like building a house. You have to good have to have a good stable foundation before you go out and get the the uh, the Viking kitchen appliances, and then you have to get the colder toilet seat that closes by itself. Like you have to have good support because when that tornado or hurricane comes, that house is done for. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a great analogy. Are when the big any- bad wolf comes around and comes blowing at the house, <laughs> it's gonna be gone. Are there any other teams that you wanna you wanna talk through uh their approach this deadline and any let's go some mock ones that's what I wanted to do. I'm like, all right, um I'm gonna do it to uh to you. Um what what are you doing if you're Miami? You've watched more Miami than I have, which is pretty nuts. I haven't watched a lot of baseball from them. But if you're Kim Ming, use your Kim Ming logic right now. Well, I think if I'm the Marlins, I already highlighted their brutal August. And then they get off to a tough start in in um in the second half getting swept in Baltimore this week, this weekend. They they're a bit of a conundrum because they're only what game and a half away from falling out of the playoffs altogether. I, I think we both think Philly is gonna come on strong. I think Arizona's falling off. Cincinnati could theoretically get a wild card spot in the National League, which is is crazy enough to think the Marlins could fall out. And I just don't think they have a a strong enough lineup right now to to contend with these teams in the National League. They have a minus 10 run differential. They've scored 397 and have given up 407. So and and, and by the way, 397 runs is is below all of the teams that they're contending with in the wild card in the National League at the moment. Um but what are you doing? What are you doing at the deadline? Who 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 are you targeting? What's what's your plan of action? So I think you you have to target a bat. I think especially with Jazz's injury, I think you should target an outfield bat. So I think I would call up Washington and see what I can get for like a Lane Thomas or a Heimer Candelario. Those are two names that I think would make a lot of sense for the Marlins because they wouldn't take a lot. Like they wouldn't have to give up one of their top arm prospects that they have because they have they do have a respectable farm system right now. Um, so I think those two names would make sense because um, they they also really do need a third baseman down there. I don't think you call up – like they're not going to make a big splash move. You're not going to call up St. Louis and go and, and try to get Arenado or Goldschmidt. That's not going to happen for the Marlins. Then they never have been a big splash team. You're not going to go get Tyler O'Neill or Dylan Carlson is what you're telling me. You wouldn't call for, for Carlson. Or that's like – what you're saying is high-end, high-end like dream-like player – would it be like a Tyler O'Neill or Dylan Carlson bat to put him out there in the outfield. I think so. Realistic would be Lane Thomas, and what would be like your budget option? Like if if you can't get if it's too the price is too expensive, who are you calling for like a budget option for like pennies on the dollar? Like like you can call up Pittsburgh and go get McCutcheon. But would why would you? I just don't, I don't see that's very realistic because then he can just walk. Well, I, I mean, I think Pittsburgh. He, he is from Florida, so okay, I see what you're saying. And he like he's a home, he's like not hometown, but he is Pittsburgh through and through. That's the only thing. I, I mean, like maybe a Brent Rooker from Oakland, but he's not a guy that I'm super high on. Okay, that's not bad. My point is, I don't think 
Miami's going to do anything major at the deadline. I think because they're so young right now as well that they're kind of one of those teams, I think, that might stand pat and just see what happens because no one expected them to be where they are at this point in the season anyways. Now that we brought up St. Louis in that conversation, can we talk about the weird week that was in St. Louis? Mm-hmm. It was very weird. So so I'll, I'm, I'm going to just go through my thought process because I, I brought it up on, I think it was Tuesday. No, Wednesday. The Wednesday. 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 So I, I got out of work at a decent time and I get to my gym and they have ESPN on. And a day before on Twitter, I read something that Nolan Arenado has a potential trade option. And it was like a very low-tiered source, like fan fan talk type of deal. And I was like, assuming like if you and me brought it up. And I was like, no, this just doesn't make sense for him. Like he just opted in. He has a bunch of money tied up. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And then I saw on ESPN, Nolan Arenado tra- trade rumor. Why is ESPN talking about it? Why are we talking about this? And and let's figure out, okay, who is at Masterminds for this? So I I went up and I thought, like, why would ESPN brink about it? It's just like, huh, interesting. I was like, I didn't know. It, it was like, it made no sense when it all dawned on me that it was like, oh, what if this is just his agency making a play to the media so he can get moved. So teams can realize, oh, yeah, he's available. Get him out of St. Louis. But there's something deeper because we don't hear this type of shit from St. Louis. Like, they're one of the best-run franchises, and nothing leaks out of there. And the fact that this is leaking means something is up. Something is completely going on. Mm-hmm. I will say, yeah, the the whole Tyler O'Neill, Ole Mormal system that le- – or, uh fiasco that leaked out earlier this season that was one thing so but yeah you're right they generally keep things like tight tight um and well the gm came out on thursday and said that they're going to be sellers at the deadline so and that, and, and, and that, that even made my ears perk up and why are we seeing this bring up and then we see two days later oh logan Gilbert. they want logan gilbert i'm like what is your vision like what are you going to do what are you going to give seattle for logan gilbert the dude's been pitching red hot and is like, oh, yeah, we're going to get – that's a win now mode. Unless you're doing some type of like Harrison Bader, Jordan Montgomery trade. But what are you going to give Seattle? Are you going to give them Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill when they have Teoscar Hernandez, Jared Kelnick, and Julio? Like, well, that doesn't fit. I think on that headline it said that they were shopping Jack Flaherty and wanted to get Logan Gilbert in return, which would make no sense no whatsoever. Sense. Why would Seattle do that? Why would Seattle do that? He has an expiring contract. Yeah, and, and and Logan Gilbert is just, in my opinion, a better pitcher at this point in his career than Jack Flaherty is. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. But something's up. I don't know what's going on. But and that and that and it's like, what would you do if you're the Cardinals GM? What are you What are you doing? If you're are, you doing? are you asking me? I'm selling everybody. I'm selling Arenado. I'm selling Go- well, yeah, I'm selling Arenado and Goldschmidt. I'm selling those two key guys. Obviously, your move Montgomery and Flaherty are one hundred thousand percent getting moved at the deadline. That's going to happen. I can lock that in right now. And I think you you, you do take calls on Arenado and Goldschmidt, and then you can still have a young core around those guys uh, around whoever they get in return. 
Um, and I think Jordan Walker is like a franchise piece for them moving forward. Um, and, and we know they have talent on the team. Now, I think this season, part of the reason that the Cardinals are so bad is you see how much they miss Yadier Molina and how good of a, a leader and a defensive stalwart he was for them for so long behind the dish. You replace him with Wilson Contreras, and he's been one of the worst players in all of baseball this season. It's tough. Um, I, I think the Cardinals GM, ultimately, a lot of times, you know, we fans are a lot more reactionary than GMs are, right? That's just the, the nature of the beast. The Cardinals front office is probably going to talk itself into, well, this was a bit of a fluke season. You know, a lot of things didn't go our way. We, we will admit that we messed up on uh, the Contreras deal. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to keep Aaron out and Goldschmidt for next season. Buy the manager. Buy the manager. Yeah, try to say new regime at, at at manager and um and keep it going. But you know, I, I guarantee it's, it's, it's like a, it's putting a band aid on it. You're just putting a band aid at the at the. At, you're not fixing the root of the issue of that team. That's the problem. And you know, they made a weird move. What back in what year was that? 21 when they um fired Mike Schilt when they had just been in the playoffs and made a decent run. I think they lost in the division series that year when they weren't really expected to make it that far. And they fired him because they had a disagreement between him. It was a surprising firing. Um apparently him in the front office didn't really see eye to eye. And then they hired Mamal. And I mean they haven't been that good with with him under what if what if Marmal's just a puppet? He is, he's an Aaron Boone. What if he's just a puppet for the front for for the FO? There's right. so many. Oh, that, that's something we gotta ask to freaking because I I've, I've watched some games and he just manages he manages the the game out. Like there's certain managers that just manage the way out of games, and he's one of them. Like bad management. Yeah, he's. There's so many teams I think that are are like that that um just want someone that you know will do whatever the Atlantic analytics say and whatever the front office tells them to do so so okay now let's flip you asked me a team now i i i gotta i gotta do two teams i gotta play my gm now okay i'm curious what I'm, i've been i've been wondering about this team for for a while because they they started out incredibly hot and they haven't really been that great since and they've been battling injury the tampa bay rays what are you doing if you're tampa bay so first off I'm gonna try to find myself a hitter. Uh, I need some type of power bat. So I'm gonna start looking for some type of power bat in that lineup. I mean, there's no way that Jose Siri should be leading the team in home runs. So what about I'm, okay? What about Salvador Perez? Do you think you can pry him out of I, Kansas City? I don't. I don't. I don't. I would. I don't. I don't like touching catchers mid year. Yeah, that's true. You've always been. I, I understand the whole point. I don't. I don't want to touch a catcher mid year unless it's like the right thing. A guy I would personally target would be CJ Crone. Okay. I would love to have CJ Crone in a Rays uniform because I think he's very underrated. I think he is a really good bat. You stick him in that lineup at first base or DH between him and Yandi, that would be a really, really nice bat to add. Um, you add him. Who I forgot. Who plays third base for him? Mm. I completely bl- blank. Because I know Luke Rayleigh's doing DH, and he's good. But if you put in a CJ Crone, he can be like a G-Man Troy type of shit, like a, a juiced up G-Man Troy. Remember when G-Man Troy was like raking it for him? It's Isaac Paredes. Yeah, so I mean, he's had a good year. 
he has a good year, but you get CJ Chrome there. I mean, honestly, Luke Rayleigh would have to take a seat. Um, because they offensively, they leave a lot to be desired. They leave a lot to be desired. And adding adding some type of bat into that middle of the lineup just injects a little bit of juice. And then pitching wise, I mean, I wouldn't go for a top of the line guy, but I would be targeting relievers, maybe a reliever like Scott Barlow from the uh from the um from the Royals. But you know, we gotta keep an eye on that they have so they have a type. They like pitchers that like that can throw good curve balls and breaking balls. So they're kind of like how Houston was that they adjust pitching pitchers like RPMs and they just go through the wazoo. So they work they work their voodoo magic. So go go don't expect them to be looking at guys with like decent breaking balls that they can just manipulate the crap out of. Okay. I agree for the most part. I think they need a bat. They that that lineup uh, has cooled off from their hot April. Um, and you know, they just lost to the Royals today. I know, you know, they won the series two, two out of three, but you can't lose to the Royals. And they're only, you know, the Orioles are only a game back at this point in that division. So, I mean, shit, that it could be a race, could be a race. And then, um, you have the Blue Jays as well, who, um, I think are still a team to be aware of. I'm not going to ask you about the Blue Jays and what you do if you're the Blue Jays. No, but how, but you could even let Lane Thomas into Tampa. I think that'd be a sneaky ad mm-hmm. into that outfield. He's had a really good season. You add them because that's what they need. They need bats. That's that's the, I I wouldn't worry about pitching because they'll work some voodoo magic. But just add like a bat, like and, a and, Thomas and a CJ Crone. You add those two guys. I don't think CJ will cost that much because he is an expiring contract, and Lane Thomas is in the Nationals. You add those two, it'll be sneaky. Yeah, and I mean they they have dealt with their fair share of starting pitching injuries this season. So they might go out and get like a, you know, back half of the rotation starter just to eat some innings as we, you know, head in the pennant race. Next team I'm very curious about and you have not been high on this team all season. Um before the season you did pick them to go to the World Series, but since the season has started and we've progressed, you have certainly cooled off on them. Uh that's the Houston Astros. They are currently in that third spot in the American League wild card. And they blew a really tough game to the Angels last night, and now they're playing again on Sunday Night Baseball as we speak. What do you think you should do if you're the Astros? What What are you doing if you're if you're they their need, GM? They need pen help. You need to be looking in the market to get some pen help. That's for one. They've been really, really, you know, really hurt in the pen. Ryan Presley hasn't been that good. And even the starting pitching hasn't been that good. So if I want to look at some targets that I look at pitching-wise, because I kind of feel like their lineup is going to get healthy, and they've done a good job with the guys that they've called up. They've done a decent job and held it, held it together on the lineup. I want to see them go target some pitchers. So right now they're running Hunter Brown, J.P. France, Christian and Javier, Frambier Valdez, and Brandon Belak. Like, okay, you could easily put them in the Lucas Yolito race, but I don't think – that would be a good fit. And two, I don't think Chicago will sell. Why don't you go get Blake Snell? Go trade for Blake Snell. The dude has been electric since June. And he loves the moment. You put him in there with Javier and Valdez, that one, two, three in the postseason could be really, really good. Who put- who are you moving? They don't really have the farm system against a Snell. I know he's on a walk year. So that probably diminish that he's certainly diminishes yeah, you, value. He's on a walk here. They can easily get trade some pl- pieces out. Like it's not that big of a 
ask. Like, you're not going to give Drew Gilbert up, but, you know, there are pieces in that system. Remember, we have to remember, listeners, that every team has their own, like, you know, formula on players. So, you know, we could be really high on a player and the industry could be, but that one particular team could be really low on that player. And you see that with the multiple prospect rankings. And I think Houston does a really good job in developing guys. Because a lot of these guys they've called up, I've had no clue who the hell they are. No disrespect. But they've done good jobs. So I would do that. Also, I could see them go out and get in a bat. Again, CJ Crone. I'm 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 a CJ Crone guy, if you haven't noticed. You've but always been a CJ Crone guy for years. I can see him. Jose Bros had a rough year. So maybe, hey, just get CJ Crone. Get him to like take some minutes, put him, put him in that lineup. You put him in the lineup with Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, CJ Crone, Jordan Alvarez, Jeremy Pena, Kyle Tucker. You're doing pretty well. Or maybe an outfielder like Lane Thomas. Screw it. <laughs> Lane Thomas is, is definitely getting moved this year. It's just like, there's just not many outfielders. And it's just like looking at the whole market. It's very, it's always relief heavy. And looking at the teams that will be selling, they don't really have that much hitting. It's going to be a lot more pitcher-based. Like, for example, you have Montgomery, you have Michael Lorenzen, Eduardo Rodriguez available, Alex Lang, who has been had a really nice year for Detroit. Yeah. I mean, Scott Barlow. The A's have nothing to sell, and the Rockies, like, Rockies have good hitting. How much of that good hitting is it because of, uh you know, the ballpark? And the reason I think C.J. Cohn's a better fit on Houston that than on Tampa is that he's played that division before. He was on the Angels, so he knows how to how to play in that division. I think a team that the Astros should be watching every day is the Yankees. Because the Yankees have the best bullpen in all of baseball and the Astros need bullpen help. If the Yankees fall off and you know Aaron Judge doesn't come back now he was taking batting practice on the field on Friday afternoon in Colorado. But if Aaron Judge doesn't come back and the Yankees fall out of the wild card race, I think they can be sellers. I think, I think there's right, who are you moving? Who are you moving? Canely. King. <laughs> they have, I, think, I think King's your best reliever. I wouldn't move King to save the life. I mean, I'm saying the Yankees have a lot of really good options to move. Ian Hamilton, even you can move a Clay Holmes. I mean, if you, if I, think, I, I think you move Clay Holmes, I think right now, if, it, if there's a hierarchy of lists, it's King. Then the next one I uh, would be probably I like Edward uh, Albert Albert Abreu. I like mm-hmm. how he's pitched, and I like um, which one called? Hey, they could even go for a Clark Schmidt. Clark Schmidt's been pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You won. I mean, hey, Clark. The I am a Clark Schmidt defender, and you guys do not give me any respect for the Clark Schmidt <laughs> defense league. Clark Schmidt is in the top ten, top five of. The AKL for ERA since June 1. We are Clark Schmidt defenders out here. The CSDL, the Clark Schmidt Defense League. Now, yeah, I do think the Yankees are so stingy, and especially Cashman. I don't know if he would want to do any type of trade with Houston, but I would say there's no point in having a, an elite bullpen if, if, you're, if you're not contending. You know, the only real, you know, Bullpen helps you win in the playoffs. It, it doesn't really matter, you know, um, if you have a great bullpen on a really bad team. And most of the time, that it just, just doesn't work that way. But the Yankees are pretty average. They're hovering around 500, and they have an elite bullpen. Like, why not sell a couple of those pieces off? And Houston needs it. So 
I think that's a possibility to to monitor. Now here's a question. Okay. Here, Cashman or Houston, say I you offer me my guy Marinaccio or Abreu. Would you do that for a Chaz McCormick or a Jake Myers if you're the Yankees? If you get yes. like an outfielder piece or a Mauricio Dubon guy? Yes. I think that would like, be a lot. They're not like, I mean, they're not needle movers, but it's sort of like, that's what I think the Yankees are going to do this year. I think they're going to do a lot of those like MLB for MLB trades, like Montgomery for Bader type of deals. Yeah, and I honestly wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees are relatively silent at that deadline because yep. just not sure what to do with the whole judge situation. That puts them in a tough spot. But at the end of the day, we start over that I cannot wait for the because every year the Yankees have this pot, this like trade package. It's uh, it was the Miguel Andujar, Clint Frazier <laughs> package this year. It's the Peraza and Dominguez. Like, you got to make a move at least. Like, what if you do go out and make a splash move and get one of those guys, the one of the big guns? Just oh, Tony? Get, go get an Arenado. What if you do get an Arenado? And it say, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. They just called up Peraza and he, you know, because Donaldson's hurt and he's running third base now. So what if you do it? What if you do it and just go for it and just be like, or somebody younger and go, like playing for the future. Like when you made that beta trade, that beta trade wasn't a trade for that last year. It was partially, but you're going to see the dividends in the, this year and next year. His K rate's down. He's a great defender and he's, his bat's getting better. Yeah, he's been unlucky with injury, but that's always been that. But, you know, you're working a player. You're molding. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't think, like, and it's it's hard to sell this to Yankee fans especially, but I just don't think this team is worth investing a ton into. I just don't think – I think the ceiling is – there's a ceiling for this team, and I think it's probably at very best, at very best, an American League Championship Series appearance again. But uh, – now you could make the argument while well, Houston's down this year and the AL is weaker than it was in, in years past That's that okay. they would have a chance, but so I just, it's, it's just not any different than it was. You don't, you season. don't. So you're telling me is that you think Tampa is far and far superior ahead than you guys are this year in a playoff series. Yes. But I'm I, saying, I'm saying if I'm in a playoff series, Cole McClanahan, who are you taking? No bias. Cole. Okay. Rodon and Glasnow. Probably Glasnow, but Rodon has the chance to build up over these next two and a half months. Okay. Say he builds up. That's two games. You just have to find one more game in a but, in DS. But you're not winning anything without judge hitting. Okay. But what if you do go make those moves and get, get in and just be like, screw it. Let's just go all out. I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, you do have the chance. I just, I just, I don't understand your whole boo hoo parade. I, I get it. It's tough. But you, we have to look at it like this. The AL is so weak. And that's why I think there's going to be so many AL teams buying compared to, like, the NL Central teams. Like, I don't think the Brewers have that much. What are the Brewers going to do? Get a bat? Okay. But the Reds, Reds should in no conversation be buying anybody. They should just be, they should just be, like, window shopping. And if they see clearance on sale, walk in and get out. Smash and grab settings. I just think from the Yankees' perspective, it's a lot to invest in for a last-place team. I, I just don't think they're a last-place team. They are in last place right now. I don't think the Orioles are good. I don't think the Orioles are good. I, I don't, don't understand that. I don't. I don't. And I don't think the and I don't think the Reds uh, – not the Reds, but I don't think the um, 
uh, I, I don't, I the uh, the Rays don't strike fear to me. And in Toronto, okay, they can hit, but who's going to pitch? Kevin Gosman, Scion candidate. Oh yeah, Kevin Gosman, and who else? Like their bullpen, they don't inspire confidence. Manoa's back. Oh, okay. We're counting on Manoa, who hasn't been. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we're going Cole, Cole versus Gosman. That's a t- that's a close that's close. It is close, but I would take Cole's experience. I think I think yes, but okay, you know, in, okay. So so, in, there, so there we go. Game, anything, anything can happen in a playoff game. I know. Okay, but that's Fine one. Margins. Fine that's margins. one. That's one. You you can't just automatically between those two. You can't just give the Yankees. Okay. Then Rodon and Manoa. I mean, right now Rodon, but Manoa did look good in his first return, in his first start back. I don't know when he's going to start again, but yeah. Okay, and then and then the next one. Um, Severino and Barrios. Severino's been really bad this year, and there was there was some talk that he's been tipping his pitches. That that's a toss up at this point, and I that's know what I'm saying. It's, it's just it's so close. That's what I'm saying. The pitching and the you're taking the bullpen. That's what I'm saying. It is so close. Okay, but then you you could do the argument. Okay, you could do the argument. Like go through the lineup and look DJ LeMahieu or Matt Chapman. But but here's what I get into. He's been horrible. But here's here's what I go in. That's why that's why my argument as the why okay silent deadline I would understand it. But then I'm like okay why don't you go just buy just go buy swing for the fences just buy and just deal with it. I mean it's gotten to the point it's gotten to the point where it's just like are we just gonna cautiously buy every year? No, just just go for it. And if they do go for it, I will applaud them. If they get swept, I will applaud it because you don't see GMs literally just putting their I'm sorry, it's going to sound loud, but their balls on the line, pause. Yeah. Just going for it. Yeah, like, and, and I mean... AJ Preller, AJ Preller gets a lot of stick for what he does in San Diego, but there's one thing he isn't. He's not scared. Yeah, he's living with the consequences of it. They're a bad team, and they're poorly constructed. Cool, but he's gone for it. And you, that should be something that's commended. Not, you know... Not uh, outcasted for. I ju- yeah, that's fair enough. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what the Yankees do at this deadline. I think we did see some desperation from Cashman over the All Star break and firing the the hitting coach and bringing in Sean Casey to take over. You know he's he had never gotten rid of a, a coach at all during the season before, so this is the first time the Yankees have done that. That was some desperation on their end. Uh, maybe we'll see that at the deadline. I think again, I come back to this point, but I just think it all it all really boils down to if Aaron Judge is healthy and if he's gonna come back. If he's not coming back, the Yankees aren't winning anything. That's the bottom line. What if you go get Otani? <laughs> you only do that if Judge is healthy. Oh, if you only do that if a judge is healthy. Oh, so you're telling me you won't be able to convince Otani to stay in New York. I understand he, he loves the West Coast. That's something, but you you're telling me you won't do that. I don't know. I don't. I I think Otani's going to go to the Dodgers in free agency. I think the everything is kind of set up for that right now. Don't don't sleep on Texas. Texas was in for it when when they came when he came out of Japan. Don't sleep on Texas. Seattle and San Francisco as well. No, uh, Seattle not, and I can't see San Francisco. Just I can see them offering, but I don't think they're just going to pull their pants down like. Like LA is going to like LA is on their knees, pause, just trying to get him to come over. Like they are literally begging 
when it makes no sense with their team's already like pretty good enough. So you just put, I mean, come on. If you can get Otani, you get Otani. Yeah, but it's just like they're acting like he's going to be the savior of the franchise and he's going to like revolutionize the team. Yeah, he's really freaking good, but it's like, okay, your ceiling will increase, but it's not like your ceiling was already high. Like you put you put Tex you put him in Texas, like Texas goes from a CS contender to a World Series contender to probably a favorite. With the way they've been playing this year, now I think it'll be interesting to see if they can uh, repeat what they did. Some of those guys can repeat what they did this year next year. Yeah, but it's just like they have a good foundation. I don't know. It, we're talking. They have, really we're talking we're, they have a really good farm system. We're, we're talking a lot of like. Just crap out of our butts right now, but it's it's all hypotheticals. That's what it is. It's the trade deadline. It's all speculation. I'm, I'm just I just want to see what the central does, man. I want to see what the Tigers do. I'm more interested on these crap teams. What they do? Should we make predictions on swing teams if we think they're going to buy or sell right now before we before we hop off? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So first one, White Sox. Oh, I think I don't think they're going to do anything. I think I think they're going to sell. I think they're going to sell. But they may move Giolito, they may move Giolito, but I don't think they're gonna do anything. Like okay, Guardians. I think the Guardians will sell, but the thing is they don't have many, many things to sell. Because they're a very well run organization. They've just gotten really unlucky with injuries this year. Mm-hmm. Uh Tristan McKenzie's hurt. Shane Beaver probably tanked all of his trade value yesterday with him hitting the IL for 15 days. And you know, his velo's been down, so they're kind of they're the, they're the opposite they're the opposite of the White Sox. Like the White Sox should sell but they won't and the Guardians will sell when they should buy. Okay. Uh I think they'll stand pat cuz you're right they don't have anything to sell. Beavers on the IL. They have a really good farm system so they're not afraid and they're super young. They're not afraid to to look toward next year. Twins, another central team. Twins are gonna buy. Yeah, I feel I feel I feel the Twins are definitely gonna buy. It's just like, what are you going to buy, and what do you what do you have to to buy for? They got they've they've gotten fleeced with trades. Mm-hmm. They got fleeced with that Reds trade. Sorry that we bring the Reds up a lot, but Spencer Steer is looking really good, and Encarnacion Strand is knocking on the door to come up. Um, Carlos Correa hasn't worked out. A raise trade. Ooh, I think that you rather have a raise right now. Yeah. Like, you rather have his bat in the lineup than an arm because I feel like you could have gotten an arm. You could get you could they could have gotten an arm through the deadline somehow through another avenue without trading a raise. And um, yeah, um, that Byron Buxton contract's gonna not look really good soon. Yeah, I think the the raise trade is closer than a lot of people think. Uh, I think they're pretty equal in Fangrass War at this point in the season, despite Array's you know flirting with 400, even though he's not going to get it. I think the Twins will well buy. They they got to go out and get a bat. They have the arms, um, and they're a team that you know. I mean, will probably roll over and die in the playoffs anyways. But I think they'll go out and get a bat. Uh, but that's their expectation. That's what that's what they're happy for. I, yeah. I mean, I mean, no disrespect to our guy uh, Five Star Seth Joe from Colorado, but I think he'd be happy with making the playoffs and, and having a decent five game series, like. I think Quinn's fans would get up for that. They just got to win one game, and they'd be happy. Team we didn't even talk about, Red Sox. I, I buy or sell. I think, I, th- I think they'll sell, and they, and and like I think we said it in our preview pod this year. I think they have a lot of good things to sell. They like they have sneaky pieces. 
Like, there's those teams that have, like, sneaky pieces. Like, nobody's talking about Justin Turner. I think Justin Turner on a contender would be a really good player. Like, he would be a really, really good player. Hey, I think the Angels would die for Justin Turner right now at third base. Mm -hmm. Or freaking Justin Turner in Minnesota at third base. James Paxton is another guy that no one's talking about. James Paxton's pitching decently. I mean, they also have Kenley Jansen you could sell if anybody needs closer help. I mean, it's just I – mean, They're a game back in the wild card, game and a half. I don't know. I think it would be a hard sell to Boston fans that, hey, we're going to we're gonna punt on this team. But, uh, but here's the thing. I think Boston fans do understand that they're like – as much as they're annoying and they're like really obnoxious, they understand the whole – like at first they're very reactionary. But when you look at the big picture, it makes a lot of sense to sell. You could set them up for the future. Like, obviously, you're not going to get rid of Yoshida. You're not going to get rid of – maybe you get rid of Verdugo. You think about it. You entertain it in-house. and But you're not going to get rid of Rafi Devers. I'm, and Brian Bello looks like their front-line guy right now. So, I, I mean, it's much more smart just to get these little small pieces because you're in Boston. You're the Red Sox. You're going to be able to attract free agents to your team. So why not just build a farm system, build these little small pieces, and go and just boom, go for it. It's not like they made Dust, – Dustin Pedroia wasn't that big of a prospect coming up. And look what he became. He became the freaking Yankee killer. Yeah. Boston fans are just traumatized from the Mookie Betts trade at this point still. They are. And it's that that's the whole thing about it. It's that trade – when you look about it, that trade's a good example of what Otani could be. I mean, Verdugo's a good piece. But he's not a move needing. I know, I know. I know. He's not a needle-moving piece. He's he's a piece that you add to your team that helps contribute to your, your roster. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, when you traded a guy like Mookie Betts, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, who's having an MVP-like season, you should be getting some, some really, really good prospects back. Absolutely. And maybe the re and maybe the rebuild could be further along than it shouldn't be if they got a better return from it. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Yankees. I think we talked about this one enough. I think I think they'll buy. I, I think they'll buy. I think Cashman's tipping his hand, like you said. I think they're definitely going to buy. I Thank think. I think, I, I think this is Cashman's last stand. This is. I think this is like his like war. It's his last war. If he doesn't get it right, he's done. I hope so. I hope. I hope you're right. I think they're going to kind of do what they do every season and cautiously buy nothing major. Cubs. Cubs should sell, but I don't know. It's the Ricketts family. They're the type of team that likes having that one big shiny piece with a bunch of just like making the team look sellable. So I feel like they're going to – they should sell, but I don't know if they will. They should sell, though. I expect them to sell. The, okay, that was a lot there. They're going to sell. Uh, Strowman's gone. Bellinger's gone for sure. Uh, and then we'll see about guys like Ian Happ um, and the others. But I I, I don't think – I probably won't move Ian Happ. But Strowman, Bellinger for sure gone. Angels, uh, we are talking about this one a lot. But what do you think they do? Uh, specifically? If, if you keep Otani, you buy. And that's what I expect to do. They should buy. They've already started buying, so yeah, they've they've they have invested a lot in the team already. Um, well, I think it would be smart to sell Otani, 
I think they're ultimately, I might be contradicting myself within this own podcast, but I think they're ultimately going to gonna stand firm, hold Pat, keep Otani, and try to make a run for it. Um, is it the right thing to do? Probably not. No, they, sh- they shouldn't. It's not the right thing. I, but that's the thing. You're already too deep into it. Like, you're already in into it. Right. It's like, I thought of an analogy, but it was awful. I'm like, it, it'd be like calling off your wedding day, to be honest, at that point. It's just like, it's the day of the wedding. Your boys are already in. The bridesmaids are in. And everything's about to go down. You don't know if it's right to get married, but, you know, just just do it. And just deal with the console and like see what happens. Just write it out and see what happens. So you get these second thoughts, just just do it. I think that's what's gonna happen. Mariners. I think they should see him pat. I yeah. don't think there's a move that you do with them that, that either makes them better or improves them in the future. So I think you just keep them like that. And I don't think they're that far out of it, right? You know, they they've certainly been unlucky for large portions of the season. They're only four and a half out of a wild card. They have good pitching, you know, no Robbie Ray hurts, but I think they could still make a run for a wild card spot and get into the playoffs. They could be this year's Philly for all we know. New York Mets. Mets. Uh, there's nothing to sell. You stand that. <laughs> yeah. Because if you buy, because it's, that's one of the things, if you buy, you're selling, you're, you're selling off the foundation. So I think you just sit. Yeah. And Verlander and Scherzer haven't been good enough to, you know, warrant any type of return. Like they no have, one they have that type good... of money for those guys. They have good young pieces, like sneaky, like their foundation, like, oh, we give them a lot of crap for selling. But Brett Beatty, aside from last night, Francisco Alvarez and Mark Vientos, that could be the the building blocks, along with Pete, Polar Pete, and um, Lindor. Ugh. It's just, I don't know, it doesn't inspire confidence. At this and point. Nimmo, it doesn't, but it, it, it's, it's, it's starting. You're starting out like that. They, You're not going to be trading Cody Singa. You're not giving up on the Singa project. I think they might regret like Cohen obviously is amazing that he's investing so much money in the organization, but they, they have to build that foundation that we talk about all the time. And yeah, they have a few good prospects, but it's going to take years to build up a farm system. And but I just think, yeah, go, go ahead. Unfortunately, they just don't have much to sell. You're right. This, this year, like they don't have anyone that's playing well enough to warrant a return at this point. And they could buy down, the Verlander and Scherzer contracts and, you know, pay all pay them for a big percentage versus, you know, whatever, whatever team they trade them to, but it's just not, they're not performing at a high enough level this year. No, I just think they could sell like a, an arm, like a Drew Peterson type of arm. Just long innings. I'm a Drew P again. I have Drew Peterson defensively as well. He hasn't been great, but I kind of feel like he does have that potential and talent that a team could tweak and have them log, log some innings as a four or a five. Yeah, uh, that's that's a, just easily the biggest or the most disappointing team this year. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, before we hop off, the Padres. Sellers, buyers? It's just like you don't have many things to sell. The only thing you do have to sell is Blake Snell. Well, they could go crazy and sell Soto. They could, but there's already rumblings about a Soto reunion out in a, a Circa – Nationals 2019 in Philadelphia. I know the, the the Philly fans and are getting hyped for getting Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, and Juan Soto back again in in Philly. I mean, hmm. I think I think you trade Snell and Gary Sanchez together because some catchers just know how to call games for some pitchers. 
and Gary Sanchez and Blake Snell are, are some combination. It's pretty weird. Imagine if the Yankees still had Blake uh Gary Sanchez, Blake Snell. Uh I yeah. I, yeah, you gotta tip your cap to what Gary Sanchez has been doing behind the plate this year. He's been better than he was on the Yankees. You have him, and then they also have uh I'm a big Haseon Kim guy. I love Haseon Kim. I think he'd be great, but I just don't think you're in a position to sell. I think you're in a position to stand pat and just wait till free agency and spend again. Yeah, and maybe, just maybe. To, or just trying to rip off the band-aid and get rid of Tatis. But I kind of feel like he has a stench on him right now still. He does, but he's a really good player, and I take him on my team. I take him. Huh? 100% you would, but just think about what we would do to a clubhouse. True. I think he's hurting the clubhouse in San Diego right now. I think there's a I think there's a culture problem in San Diego. I think that's the biggest thing. I think you're I think you're onto something. At San Diego, I watched them versus the Reds and Machado wasn't running down the bases and it's just like how do we see a guy who was an MVP candidate, probably the MVP leader hitting 350 after a couple weeks before he got hurt with the ankle go from that to what he is now. You don't regress like that. Unless something really bad happens. It's not like he had some type of arm injury. So we'll see. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks from the Padres. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a fun one. That was there's a lot to to look forward to these next couple of weeks in Major League Baseball. Uh the landscape could change significantly uh from now and, and between the next podcast we do. So keep our eyes peeled on that. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Luis, you got anything final to say before we hop off? Hey, the one thing thing I want is like we say things now about what's gonna happen, but there's still two weeks left. That's at least ten games. A lot can happen. Exactly. We're a lot can change between now and the deadline. That's what makes it so fun and so interesting, especially with that third wild card. Um, so we will obviously be covering all of it over these next couple of weeks and up to the deadline and after the deadline and into the playoffs. And, you know, baseball is, is really ramping up here and it's, it's, it's going to start getting good. We're inching closer and closer to the deadline, to the pennant race and to some postseason baseball. So we hope you guys stay along with us for the journey this season. We had a lot of fun making this podcast, follow us on all of our social medias, like rate review, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace out.